Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Merry Christmas. Isn't this wonderful? Yippee! I love Christmas. Christmas is um, is a time for me that from when we were really, really young, like uh, our families would have these, I mean, we'd have 12, 14 people over um, and just have- Me being one of them. That's right. <laughs> well, Roy and I are, are uh, friends for 40 years and uh, we've spent many Christmases um, over the years and, uh, and some Christmases we didn't spend together because we're 1,500 miles apart. But because of this podcast, because of the show, totally use this information with Nick and Roy, we're able to meet up we every week. More- we spend more quality time with each other than we do with our wives. <laughs> but welcome to Nick and Roy's Totally Useless Christmas Party. We have a whole jam-packed hour of fun stuff for you. We have special guests. We have a very, 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 very special guest at the end of the show. And we also have some of our favorite Christmas songs and Christmas traditions. Right. Now, usually Nick and I are 1,500 miles apart. But today, we are in an indescript location Let's just put it this way. We had to take two, three flights. I had to take three. Nick took two. Mm-hmm. Then we had to take, um, uh, I took a snowmobile. Nick took a dog sled, which I don't know why they call it a dog sled. They should call it a people sled. Right. They call it a horse-drawn carriage. They don't call it a horse carriage. I'm not sure why. And anyway, I didn't know horses were that good at artwork. <laughs> they were <laughs> But having said that, we're in an indescript building. Let's put it this way, down the block from Santa Claus. What? Yes. And we're going to have special guests ring the doorbell and come into the party, which I think is so cool. We have guests talking about animals and food and pop culture and all kinds of cool Christmas stuff. This is going to be a blast. And I'll tell you the truth. To me, Christmas is the best time of year. And if you are like arguing with somebody, a friend or a family member, it's the time of year where you let it go. And if you haven't spoke to that person, give them a call. Because to me, Christmas is amazing. And you should share it with your family and friends. To me, it's the most wonderful time of the year. You're listening to Nick and Roy's Totally Useless Christmas Party. We thank you for joining us this Christmas, and uh, we are really Nick, thrilled. I just looked out the window. Yeah. Did you see the elf? I did. I thought, you know, I thought my eyes were playing tricks on I me. Mean, was that an elf out there? Yes. I thought it, I couldn't figure it out. They were under the windowsill. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they're looking for. If it wasn't for the pile of packages that, uh, that it, it, he was carrying, I wouldn't have known it was an elf. Uh, oh, I just heard the uh, the microwave. I have to go grab the hors d'oeuvres. I'll be right back. That was the microwave, or was that the doorbell? No, it was the microwave. You want to get that, Roy? Another guest? Who is it, Nick? It's Richard Krause. Hey. Hey, it's great to see you. It took me forever to get here. You were on the dog sled? Well, I was on the dog sled. Before that, I was on Santa's sleigh for a short while. It took three plane rides. I had to skate part of the way across a frozen lake. It's taken <laughs> forever to get here. Oh, Santa sent the guest sleigh for you? Yes. That's, that's yes. A big, yeah, we don't that's get that a, treatment, and it's our show. Oh, it's our party. I expect nothing less. It's a lot smaller than his, but his sleigh, <laughs> Santa's sleigh, so much. <laughs> it the is. guest sleigh, it says Santa Airlines on the side. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Essayer. Uh, Richard Krause, of course, is with iHeartRadio. He's uh, the host of Pop Life Podcast and, and a brand new podcast, Last Call, which we'll talk about. But uh, Richard, I, I'm noticing, I mean, I don't mean to be like a, an ungrateful host or anything, but usually when people come over to our Christmas party, 
they bring either like a bottle of wine or or a treat or something but i don't see any of that like what what did you bring to this party well i brought some trivia to this party another one that didn't bring liquor <laughs> <laughs> clearly wrote byb on the invitation <laughs> yeah byot and since uh, richard is all about pop life you brought some pop life type stuff so what did you bring well, I heard you singing Jingle Bells as I was walking up the, the, the walk or skating to get into the place. And I was thinking about that song and Jingle Bells uh, was written in uh, 1857, a couple, you know, a couple hundred years ago. But uh, it was written by a guy called James Lord Pierpont. And, you know, that name probably doesn't ring a bell unless you've got the sheet music for Jingle Bells. But the thing that's cool about it is that James Lord Pierpont is actually J.P. Morgan's uncle. Oh, so yeah. one of the, the great financiers of the uh, 20th century was related to the guy that, that wrote Jingle Bells. He didn't make a dime off Jingle Bells, but he made a lot of money uh, other ways. And originally, that song wasn't called Jingle Bells. It was called One Horse Open Sleigh. And then a couple of years later, when they published the sheet music, they changed the name to it. So you've got uh, a couple of things there. And it's also the first song that was ever broadcast from space. So yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, in 1965, two astronauts aboard the Gemini 6 had just completed a rendezvous with Gemini 7 uh, when they got this weird message about an unidentified flying object and there was... Uh, you know, a lot of description. Well, it turns out it's Santa's sleigh that's that's whizzing through the whizzing through space. And uh, they had a harmonica with them, and they sang Jingle Bells, first song ever sung from space. Yeah, J.P. Morgan changed it to Jingle Coins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. When you said it rings a bell, yeah, it rings a jingle bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else did you bring for us, uh, Richard? Well. Christmas trees. We just put up the Christmas tree before I uh, left to come up and visit you guys. And we use an artificial tree. There's no point living uh, in the city, getting a real tree. They're hard to get. So um, I was looking up old Christmas tree uh, trivia. And in the late 19th century, uh, German people used uh, artificial Christmas trees. I thought that they were much more recent than that, but they used artificial Christmas trees that were just uh, metal wires covered in the feathers of like turkeys and ostriches and swans. Normally the, the feathers were dyed green, uh, so it kind of looked a little bit like a tree, but uh, they were just these wire trees. But I love that in the 1930s, uh, they made the first real aluminum tree. So it kind of looked like the, the tree that we know today, uh, except that it was made from uh, silver. And so it had uh, kind of a space age look to it, I guess. But it also kind of looks like a toilet brush. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> because the Addis Brush Company uh, were one of the, the main uh, creators of toilet brushes. They're the ones that invented the aluminum Christmas tree. And they made it on the same no. machinery that they made toilet brushes with. Yeah. And that's why the first uh, Christmas trees came with the smelly pine scented Christmas tree thing <laughs> made out of used toilet brushes. <laughs> so yeah, they, they had used... to cover up the smell somehow. Okay, you just blew my mind here. I'm, and uh, it's not the, the Which doesn't really take much to be <laughs> yeah, Exactly. You're listening to Nick and Roy's totally useless Christmas party and I thank you for joining us here on this on this Christmas here and, and Richard Krause is with us and I think like imagine a factory that makes toilet brushes the guy said let's make christmas trees out of these wow yeah 
Okay. I mean, thinking ahead, and uh, they sold a gabillion of them for many, many years. You can't brush that one off. <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody knows uh, the night before Christmas that that poem is fifty-six lines uh, written by Clement Clark Moore. Uh, but did you know that apparently that was the first time that reindeers actually had names? So before it was uh, the legend was that Santa uh, had his reindeers, but they didn't have the names that we associate with them uh, today until that poem came out. What were the names of uh, the reindeer? Donner, Blitzen, and then seven other ones. Dancer. <laughs> Dancer, Prancer, Dancer. Nick and Roy. I think Nick, we must have nine there. Nick, yeah. Nick, yeah, Nick, I know Nick's. Nick got the Nick's the last one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. There you what go. What do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? He is not mentioned in that poem, though. That came much later. That uh, came in 1939. That story was written. That's when the other reindeers unionized, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let him play any reindeer games because he didn't have a membership or something. That's right. That's, That's right. Probably why. And they, <laughs> Rudolph had to come in and save the day. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Richard. Hang on one sec. Yeah. Oh, you know what? The bartender needs a little bit of a break, but you know what? You are a former you bartender. You can fill in, right? Yeah, right. You yeah, I used to ten bar. I can probably uh, shake up some eggnogs for you. Ah, there you go. So, yeah, well, Richard, thank you for joining us here at this party. So we'll, we'll meet you up at the bar in just a few minutes. All right on. You're listening to Nick oh, and Roy's Totally at the door. Let me check and see Christmas who it is. Party. We thank you for joining <laughs> us this Christmas. Hey, it's Dan hey, Riskin. Guys. Hey, how you doing? Somebody take his blindfold off. There you go. <laughs> no. Better yet, leave it on. Yeah, put it back on. You guys don't look so good. <laughs> Dan Riskin from iHeartRadio, thank you for, so much for stopping by. Oh, you did get our invitation. Uh, well, if that's what you call it, an invitation, yes, I, I certainly got something, and the blindfold seems to have been part of it. <laughs> but the dog sled, that was the best part, right? That was nice. That was nice. Yeah. 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 Well, welcome to the North Pole. Yes. Thanks and for having me. Wait, wait. I thought it was nondescript. You just told them where we uh, are. Oh, we can tell them the North Pole. It's a big place. Well, that's right. They yeah. don't know where in the North Pole. No. Yeah. So no. normally... Uh, there are several different North Poles. I mean, there's like there's the definition by where it is on the map, and there's the definition of where the compass points, and there's the definition of the point about which the Earth rotates. Those are three different I, North Poles. So even if you told me North Pole, and you know, I would only have a one in three chance of knowing where I was. Exactly. Even if you were I right, I don't trust that either. I love coming up here for the Northern Polish kielbasa. Oh, no, that's not why. <laughs> That's not why. See, that's why we, we wanted to invite someone with a scientific background like Dan Riskin, because I, Dan Riskin is the iHeartRadio science correspondent. And uh, normally... I, I, and he makes us look smarter? <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> Even, you know what? The dogs and the dog sled make us look smarter. So, Dan, normally people bring like a, a bottle of wine or maybe like a, a sweet treat or something. What have you brought for us here at this party? I've brought reindeer knowledge, which really is like the elixir that you can drink your whole life. I mean, it's better. Than, I mean, a, a wine, you drink it and it's gone. But if I teach you something about reindeer, it it, it just feeds you for a lifetime. It's, you know, yeah. give a man okay, a fish, yeah. that thing. Well, all right. I would have appreciated the wine. But go ahead. <laughs> sure. Well, just this is something to think about when you're drinking the wine you get from the next guest. Okay. So tell us about reindeer. Well, so here's the thing about reindeer that's kind of interesting. If you go to outside your house at the North Pole and it's winter and uh, it's cold outside, you will see your breath. 
And the reason you see your breath is because there is warm air coming out of your lungs. It's full of water. It's full of humidity. And when it goes out there, the air is so cold, it can't hold that water anymore. And so it crystallizes. It becomes ice or water or something, vapor. Um, and it appears so you can see it. But every time you do that, you're losing water. Now, you evolved in Africa, in the savannas of Africa, where it was warmer. And so your body does not have any reason to have a protection against breathing out steam. But if you live in the Arctic and you spend a lot of time up there, water is an issue because you are just wasting it every time you breathe. And so for an animal, you know, you could say, sure, they could lick the ice or they could eat snow or whatever, but then they have to pay all the heat cost of warming that water up for their body. So like licking ice is not a great strategy. It's better if you can find a way to breathe that doesn't waste water. Mm. And that's what reindeer have done. And so the way they do this is to have a very cold nose. So they, if you have a thermal camera, you know, like sometimes you go to like a science center and they have a thermal camera and you can see the heat on your body and you can see when people, you know, break wind and stuff. And it's very funny. Um, oh, if you, you saw me. Yeah. Yeah. We have, the <laughs> yeah, that was Roy. Yeah. We have the footage. We, we, we took it offline immediately. The children at the science center were scarred terribly. There were tears. They called in counselors. I mean, it was bad. I mean, it's a fact of life. They should get you. It, it is. Go ahead, it dude. is. But it, it just seems like you went over the top walking into that crowd of kids before <laughs> you parted. I just feel like you could have. There was a discreet corner you could have gone to, but no, you had to go right up to that table where they were all playing. Sometimes things sound funnier in your head than when you do them. Yeah. But go on, go on. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. So this may be a case of that for me too. Okay, so anyway, uh, the reindeer, if you put a thermal camera on their face, you will see that the tip of the nose is actually about 10 degrees Celsius or more colder than the rest of the body. And so what ends up happening is that as the air goes out of the lungs and down and then through the mouth towards the nostrils, going through along the tongue, down that snout, it's getting cooled down there. And because it's getting cooled down there, the water starts to condense there. Instead of condensing out in the air, it turns into water droplets in oh, the mouth. That so they're is. captured. And so that, that reindeer is getting that water, it can drink it. And as a result, when the air gets to the tip of the nose and it's colder, it goes out, it's not quite as warm as it would be for your breath. But the trick is that because the they have this exchange system, when they breathe in a fresh breath, this is another difference between reindeer and us. When we breathe in a fresh breath, it's cold as all get out right when it gets to our lungs. But for them, the air comes in cold at the nose, but then it's got this gradient to start warming up as it passes along the tongue. And then it goes down into the lungs and it's not warm, but it's better than it would have been if they didn't have this long, cold nose. And so this is called a countercurrent exchange system where the blood that's flowing out towards the tip of the nose is getting colder and the blood that's flowing back is getting warmer. And so what you end up with is blood and the body parts and the tissues all being colder out at the tip of the nose. And that is, that is what is under Rudolph's red nose. That's I'll what's you, happening with the blood I, in his nose. I, that's amazing. That is total. But until we can learn how to do that, Dan, bring a bottle of wine next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come <Yeah>. on. Well, <laughs> I will say, I mean, the one other little tangent of this is these countercurrent exchange systems exist in a bunch of different places. And one that's really neat to see that you can see all the time is anytime a seagull is standing on an ice floe or a duck is standing on the ice, you can see that it's not melting the ice. There isn't a little puddle where it's standing. It's got the same thing going for its feet. It lets its feet get cold because why waste the energy warming up the ice? So they keep their feet at like five degrees Celsius 
or whatever that is in Fahrenheit. I can't speak American. And then that that way they're not wasting energy warming up that ice and standing in a puddle. They can let it cool down and, and then they save energy. What is it called? Counter? Counter current because the blood that's going that's... out is going right along the vessels that are coming in and they're they're exchanging heat. They're not exchanging, you know, oxygen or, or anything like that's that, exactly... but they're close enough. That's exactly what I did when I was in that uh, group of kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By yes, the way, five, five degrees Celsius is 41 Fahrenheit. I'm sorry, that was okay, counter, there it is, counter yep. flatulence. <laughs> That's what it was. Yes, counter yeah. flatulence. And when you well, talk- yes, and when they kicked you out of the science center, that was the <laughs> counter flatulence system. Uh, that yeah. they had in CFS. I had no idea they had security guards either. Well, you know? <laughs> that undercover kid that you thought Boy, was this, just one of the kids. This warm and, and lovely Christmas party went south real, real quick. When you're talking about a hot air, I knew you were talking about us. So thank you, Dan, for giving us that yeah. bit of information. You hey, notice how he had such an intelligent thing to say, Nick. It really makes us look dumb. <laughs> think of it as the wine I bring. Exactly. I mean, you're. Thank you for joining us here at this party. I mean, if you want, there's some hors d'oeuvres there in the corner. We have uh, some finger foods, and uh, we do have some wine because other people brought wine. We're gonna make uh-huh. him feel bad now because he didn't bring wine. I told them, don't bring anything. You don't have to bring anything. But Dan decided to bring us facts about reindeers. Anything else you brought for us, Dan? You know what? I, the other, the only other thing I brought is that uh, I like to think about the Santa thing and how he gets to all the houses as uh, an example of the traveling salesman problem. So a lot of people spend time talking about, you know, how fast he would have to go to hit all the houses overnight, yeah. which he does. Yeah. Um, and th- that's obviously a scientific fact. But uh, he, part of the way that he accomplishes this is to do the uh, do the order of houses optimally right so like when it gets to when he gets to edmonton he does all the edmonton houses he doesn't do an edmonton house and then a winnipeg house and then go back to edmonton you know what i mean no of course so, yeah that'd be silly that would be a rookie no. santa move and he's, he's an old pro santa. yeah so anyway traveling salesman problem is the mathematical branch that's behind the whole santa thing and that's part of how he maintains that efficiency and you also see that you know when the ups truck is trying to figure out which packages to deliver and in what order um but it's an it's an old mathematical problem that has been formulated since the 1930s and continues to be worked on today and so whenever i think of santa i think of the beauty of math and the mysteries that still exist and the fact that you know it's still a nut to crack maybe somebody can make santa's job a little easier if they study math a little harder you see what he did there nut to crack like nutcracker christmas mm, i you did see? do that yeah. Yeah. It was a, a little, yeah it was a little uh, segue thing there can i tell one to uh, dan yeah yeah do you know what the islandic christmas tradition is of the christmas cat or also called the Yule Cat. Oh, no. The Yule Cat would come around and he would gobble up small children at Christmas. He would eat them if they didn't have new warm clothes that they got for Christmas. How ingenious is that? Have you ever seen kids opening up gifts? And they go, I remember my son, he would open up a toy, he'd go, ah, die, die. and then he'd open up like a sweater and he'd go, oh, clothes. Right. Okay. Well, they if you knew about this cat. Out, yeah, yes. but if he knew about the Yule Cat, he would be like, thank you for putting this sweater right. on right now, right? Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. we should have more stuff like that. Like, whoever invented Elf on the Shelf was trying to sort of get at that, too, manipulating kids to be good yeah, because you're being like spied on by an elf the... that's on a shelf. I've never liked that, but the Yule Cat, I can get behind. In fact, yeah. you know, go to a shelter, get a feral cat, let it go in the house. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Here's yeah. the Yule Cat. Or, or we'll do the Yule Asparagus. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You'll be glad you did. Oh, I have to go there. Uh, you know, one thing, other thing about reindeer, I think you know this because, you know, Dan is iHeartRadio science correspondent, so he knows stuff like this. And reindeer herder. I think I'm iHeartRadio's official that, reindeer herder. That's what we heard. Uh, the, the reindeers. Uh, heard. 
Heard. Heard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, this is a Christmas party. We're having some fun. You know, we're a little light on our feet. A, um, reindeer have a golden color to their eyes, but they turn to a deep blue as summer fades to winter. So as the seasons change, the hmm. eye color changes. Did you know that, Dan? I did not know anything about the changing eye color of reindeer. Dan. That's right. Oh, so who's smarter now? Party. Yeah. I like I'm, it. I like so it. What was, official reindeer herder. I feel wait, like wait, I have one, Nick. I yeah. have one, too. Yeah. Can we name the Christmas animals? The animals of Christmas. Was well, there's the donkey, right? At the in the manger, he's talking about like the donkey and donkey. The, yeah. Donkey. Are we talking about the animals in the manger? No, just animals that are used at Christmas time. We okay. all know about the Yule cat, right? <laughs> yeah. Turtle dove. Yeah. <laughs> that nasty thing. Give me turtle okay. dove. <laughs> and ah, so birds, but how many birds? Well, mm. how many turtle doves are there in that song? Because that's my answer for that. Well, there's turtle doves. Right. There's French partridges. hen. French hens. French partridges. Hen. Partridges. Those are the three birds of Christmas. Ah, then uh, we have the Yule cat. We have the donkey. Yeah. We have reindeer. Sure. We have sheep at the nativity. Okay. We have camels at the nativity. Okay. The wise men came on camels. And there is one more, and everybody forgets about it. It's like one of the most thing, like known things. Is it that narwhal from Elf? No, but they're asleep. Everybody's asleep except for the mice. Oh yeah, very good. <laughs> Not a creature was stirring. Not no. even a mouse. Yeah. Wow, there you go. Some well played. Yes. Well played. Yes. Yeah, I think that's why I've never really connected to Christmas. Is because there are no bats. It needs bats. Yeah, so Halloween yeah. gets lots of bats, and I've, well, I like that. You're there. That's why you're there because you've been trying bats. to bring the bats. But it's not yeah, it's the Chris. Yeah, it's the new tradition. It's the Christmas bat. Yeah, yeah. Dan's hung by those, yeah. hung by the chimney with care as they hibernate. Yeah, but sure. they, it, they're hung upside down by the chimney. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's right. Sure, you don't hang them right way up. No, I mean that, that would mess everything up. Well, In the hopes that Saint Ben Pio soon will be dead. <laughs> <That's Sure. right. laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that make for a good Christmas? Yule cat be gone. I got a vampire. <laughs> well, you know what, Dan? Thank you so much for joining us here at our party. You know, feel uh, free to, to mingle about. You'll, you'll recognize some of the other people the here. Elves, the elves are going to come and get Dan and take him for a tour of what they call Christmas Town here at the North Pole. Oh, I think I know what that means, and that's going to hurt a lot. So I'm going to get some food before that happens. Well, Dan, that's where the Yule Cat is. Dan, I heard I mean, radio. You're going to get me twice. Dan Boy, Riskin. You got me once when I was a kid at the Science Center. You're not going to get me again. That was you. Dan Riskin from iHeartRadio, science correspondent. Thank you so much for joining us here at our Christmas party. Uh, have some fun. There, like I said, there's some more d'oeuvres there on the corner, and there's a bar right there. So thanks for joining us, and from all of us to you and your family, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thanks a lot, Merry guys. Merry Christmas, Dan. I'll get it. Hang on. There's another guest, Nick. Hey, it's Leanne Phillips. You're listening to ah. Nick and Roy's Totally hey guys. Christmas yeah, Party. Thank you for joining us. This Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry, I love the Christmas scarf you have. Did you make that or did you buy that? It looks gorgeous. Oh, no. Of course I made it in my oh, spare time. Okay. Me and it my knit, knitting, L- knitting needles. It says LV on it. It's Louis Vuitton. She didn't <laughs> I th- no, I thought it was be LP for Leanne Phillipson, like her, she had it monogrammed, but no, it's LV for Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Sure. Oh my gosh. Anyway, Merry Leanne, Christmas. Leanne, it would be lovely vegetables. <laughs> yes, that's very true. I like that. 
I like that a lot. There you go. One for Roy. There you go. What a kiss. There we go. Boy. Yeah. One, one already. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. And, and, you know, so if you want, you can just mingle about. You know some of the people here. We have some hors d'oeuvres there in the corner. We have uh, some finger foods and stuff, of course. And there's a bar in the corner, which is really the most popular place right now <laughs> of course wow. well i hope i hope this is all a, a whole organic fair and you've got you know your colorful fruits and vegetables for all the antioxidants yeah, yeah, yeah we do all oh, those things christmas yeah, yeah. when when we called the butcher shop we said could you give us as many colorful vegetables and organic materials as you can i bet perfect <laughs> Well, thank you for now. Normally, I, I see uh, Leanne like I, I don't don't want to be like a, a horrible host or anything. But normally, people bring to a party a bottle of wine or a piece of cake or something. But you brought something else with you. What did you bring with you? Well, I brought like three of the craziest things that I've come across that people eat at Christmas time or have eaten. I should say maybe they don't do it right now. Well, well, like, um, for example, what? Oh, peacock meat. Ooh! Now I left my peacock at home because I thought it might sort of disrupt the party. I brought one with me. Did you? Perfect. Okay. <laughs> always, so, you always have so, it with you. Yeah. So, so I'm really hoping that we're not gonna, you know, kind of delve into this uh, medieval <laughs> dish here of and like make peacock pie, roast it, you know, kind of do something with this when, beautiful feathered pe bird. Peacock would probably taste like uh, pheasant, maybe. Very gamey. I would imagine, actually, yes. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. You, pluck, yep. you pluck the peacock, of course, and you bring the feathers and you decorate Well, the no, you pluck the peacock, you use the quills to make your Christmas cards out, and then you eat the, the peacock for Christmas. Right. Well, I would love to have a quill. That would be a really lovely present to take to people right. and then say, here's a beautiful quill, but then don't tell them that that's what's going to, you know, it came from a bird that's going to be on, on the plate <laughs> later on. Yeah. What's in the pie? <laughs> <laughs> it's peacock pie. <laughs> peacock pie. Can you imagine? No. Honestly, I mean, no. like, seriously, this yeah. was like a 16th century thing. Yeah. And, you know, then. Let's Hen leave it there, Leanne. Hen Let's Henry, leave it there. Henry VII said, no more peacock. Let's do turkey. And I think the rest is history. Oh, there you go. Okay. Wow. So it was King, mm -hmm. so King Henry VIII, of course, ate all the peacocks and all of the turkeys because he was known to indulge in a thing or two. Right. Yeah. Well, and yes. They even made a song about him. I'm Henry VIII. <laughs> yes, of course yeah. they did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was his theme song. <laughs> what, what else do you have? I've had some fried caterpillars. Fried? Mm, Wait a minute. Hold on. Leanne, you good. talking about fried stuff? Come on. Yeah, right? Yeah, I brought this one from South Africa, actually. It's quite a tradition there. Right. And the emperor moth caterpillars. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, we ha we've had a bit of a cricket phase, right? We had, like, the cricket protein powder and the and the, the chocolate-covered crickets and things like that. So right. I thought, well, why not? Why not bring a little bit of South Africa? You know, just bring it on with some of these fried caterpillars. And they're... They're amazing for protein, so that's really going to help to balance out all the booze that we're going to have. Mm -hmm, yeah. And apparently, like, they're really available around about this time of year. So, you know, go local and all those kind of things. And, yeah, How's that? How, how does that sound? Are you guys Did, queuing up already? No, I've tried it. I was in South <gasps> Africa, and uh, I had some fried caterpillars. And I was and? in South Africa for, like, 90 days. And I woke up one morning and flew out of the hotel room as a butterfly. 
Yeah. He's so old, he was in the cocoon. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, I was in the movie Cocoon. Yeah, remember, uh -huh. see, Roy and I have been friends for 40 years, and Roy keeps uh, making jokes about how old I am. He forgets and because of his age. He's two months older than I am. He technically is older yeah. than I am. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I've embalmed myself with liquor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. That that'll do the trick. Your so, liver is so nice, fried nicely pickling. So uh, fried caterpillars. How do you buy them? By the foot. Let's see what I did there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fried caterpillar, though. I mean, that's got to be like a really. I don't want that. I don't think I'd really want to either. I mean, it depends on how visual a person you are, because you can kind of think of like, you know, I mean, caterpillars become beautiful butterflies, and there's no yeah. way that you, uh, anyway, you, well, there's I'd many places you can go. I'd yeah. rather eat the butterfly. It's easier to hold them by the wings, you know? Really? <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I mean, that's as bad as a peacock uh, hold feather. Hold on. PETA yeah. on line two. PETA on line two. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they'd be great inside of a PETA. <laughs> With a schmear tzatziki, you're laughing. Wow. <laughs> schmear tzatziki. <laughs> what else? What else did you bring us here at this Christmas party, Leanne? Let me give well, her one. Let me tell okay. her one. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. We, yeah, Roy, do, you know what, do you know what Schwetzka Kugan is? Deutschland, Deutschland. I'm doing it again. Okay. Schwetzka Kugan, and it must be say, said that way. It's okay. Z W E T C H E K U K E N because Germans don't know how to spell things with less letters than 30. No. It is a German plum tart or cake. Ooh. Now, my grandmother was from Bavaria, and we would make uh. every year at Christmas time, she'd get Italian plums, the dark, long Italian plums. Yeah. They call them black plums, I think. Okay, like blue, yes. Blue plums, whatever. Yep. And um, we would cut, she would cut them in half, but she would go through bag after bag of them and so her fingers would turn purple and I'd do it with her and we'd have these purple fingers. Yep. And then she'd make this pie crust out of like 18,000 pounds of butter. Of course. It's perfect. And then she'd lay out the pie crust on these long pans and you'd put the, in rows, you'd put these plums that were halved into the dough, pushing them into the dough so they looked real pretty too. Yep. And then she would sprinkle sugar all over them so you could see the sugar was like a lining on them almost and then yep. she'd take more butter and just keep putting little slivers of butter all over the place and wow. then that would cook until it was brown on the top and the sugar had coagulated with the butter caramelized and... nice oh and crispy. you know what leanne's I forehead is so much listen leanne's forehead is sweating right now with all of like the, the fried stuff and the butter like she's fanning herself right now oh, because no. she's just you would have eaten this oh my well i i i love a i love a plum recipe and there is actually a cake that i make it's a lucy waverman plum tort and I do the same thing. So I cut them in half and I shove them in the dough and it's full of butter, full of flour, full of sugar. It's like a full on thing. So I do appreciate this tradition. And there are some times if you're going to eat something like that, just go full out like yeah, butter, sugar, oh. like, like, you know, it's got to be that. And then you don't need to do it again for ages. What do you so call you it again? until you go blind? And then what? Well, okay. what is it called again? Schwetz Gakugan. Yeah. yeah, a little penicillin will help you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just going to tell Leanne, I picked up a few tarts in my time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else do you have bit. in your bag of goodies there, uh, Leanne? Okay, so I have brought the centerpiece. So move over, turkey, because I've brought a sheep's head. 
which is a delicacy. Well, it kind of used to be years and years and years, days gone by. It was eaten by the poor, but now it's a complete delicacy. And I have torched the skin. I removed its brain. Mm. Salt, salted and smoked it. Wonder she seems smarter today, but go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then after boiled, uh, no, actually I like to steam it for about three hours. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to serve it with a side of sausage, mashed rutabaga and potatoes. Cabutzel. Now there is a specific name for this, but I'm not going to try and pronounce it. I think like, right now. Okay, I'm going to have a go. Okay. Small, smala huva. S-M-A-L-A-H-O-V-E. I thought they were eating the head. I didn't know we were getting all the way down to the feet. Right, no, exactly. Well, well, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. What a strange yeah. name yeah. for the head. I call it, it sounds a, dust, like it's a... a dust buster. Is a smaller hoover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a sheep's head. Wow. When you, you know, I, I could relate to that. because when oh, you She say, said goat's head. A goat's right? head, no, sorry. Sheeps? Oh, I sheep. said sheeps. Oh, sheep's I head. said sheeps. Yeah. But the, yeah. Italians, the Italians eat that all the time. It's cabuzzel. Yeah, they do. Some, I think yeah. it's the southern part of Italy, their traditions with that. But you know, I could relate with, it, with all of what you said because when you said that they removed the brain, I could totally relate to that. Yeah. Right. I thought yes. you were talking about Nick at that point. <laughs> no, Nick and Roy. Cut a hole in the table and then Nick Nick put his head through it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And they asked the sheep before they cut up his head, is this going to hurt? They went, nah. No, me and, Leanne, me and Leanne would be up there with those big hammers like a whack-a-mole. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I got Boy. another one for Leanne. Okay. Okay. This is an Italian, like a pastry-type delicacy. Yeah. Called Well, we call them struffola. You call it struffola, Nick? Yes. Okay. I, I think it can be pronounced struffoli as well. Okay. Like, like almost like uh, cannoli and canola, but whatever. Okay. Sure. Okay, struffola is an Italian honey ball. Do you like honey balls, Leanne? Honey balls? <laughs> Easy, it's Christmas. It's a Christmas. <laughs> Easy, it's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. Yep. Tell me more about these honey balls. Okay, <laughs> I will. <laughs> Are these dough, it's like an Italian dough that's made okay. of these long strands and then cut into these small little uh, dough pieces and they're fried in lard or Crisco. And then they're taken out and there's a honey sauce that's made and prepared with butter and honey. And then that is taken and poured over the top of these balls. And then they take, what do they call the nonpareils? Those little candy things. And they sprinkle the nonpareils over the top. Mm. It is simple to make, but it is addictive as hell. and. Right. My wife's favorite Christmas thing is struffola. So, mm. okay, yeah. you kind of lost me. You lost me at lard and Crisco. Actually, I prefer the one with, know, all, with all I the know. butter. Yeah, but they don't come out as crispy and vegetable. Oils. Oh, is that it? Okay. Uh, yeah, you can get that temp out of the lard. You know, actually, right? Crisco's lard. Yes. I wonder if you tried coconut oil. I have tried coconut oil, thank no, you. For, oh, no, for no. this for, for this one, because it, you can do a really high temp. Well, here's the thing about yes, coconut I oil. Don't like, I don't like frying my balls in coconut oil. I'll of course not. Wow. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, guys. Okay, wow. There's the farfanugan again. Um, so... Nick, have you... Have you... 
not even going. No, don't. Um, I have one for you. So you're talking about. I don't want to give you too much editing. No, Nick. one one of these. Who says I'm editing? One of these is that. So there's a tradition in Germany. It's to hide one of these in the Christmas tree. It's to hide a pickle, somewhere in the branches of the tree. Huh. And you really? Give, and you give a gift to whichever child in the household finds the pickle in the tree. It, Nick did that all the way through high school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> One legend says that Christmas pickle originated in Spain when two young boys were held as prisoners inside a pickle barrel. <laughs> but St. <Saint> Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas rescued the boys and brought them back to life. Either way, a pickle on the Christmas tree is a tradition we can totally get behind. And what country wow. did that start in? Spain, but then it was a German tradition after that. <laughs> These Germans, they've lost their minds. Yeah, they, they got have. that Yule cat. We talked about the Yule cat, Leanne. It was a cat that ate little children if they didn't wear warm clothes yeah. that they got for Christmas. Yeah. You'll be thankful for what you got for Christmas, okay? It's the Yule yeah. cat. Nick sent you a pickle. <laughs> very, yes, lovely. Thank Leanne, you very much. Thank, thank you, you so much. much for joining us here at the Nick and Roy's Totally Useless Christmas Party. So feel free to mingle about and uh, leave whenever you can. But yes. we want to thank, thank you for you joining us. Thank you for the us. food. Yeah. As bizarre as it is, Leanne, thank you so much. I'm sure that the people are going to just love the caterpillars and the goat head. Yeah. yeah and, the, right? and, don't, hey, and don't forget the peacock pie. And the peacock pie. Peacock. I know. They're going to have full bellies. And because they're over at the bar, they're not going to actually care what it is that I brought. That's where I'm going right people, now. How do people listen to Leanne's show? Oh, just search for Eat This with Leanne. Uh, anywhere you listen and find your podcasts or listen yeah. to this one even. It's an iHeartRadio uh, network. And uh, Leanne is, is part of the iHeart family. And thank you. You truly are family. Thank you for joining us at our Christmas party and have a great time. And from all of us here at Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy Leanne, to you and your family, Merry Christmas. Yes, and not, let's not make it so long. So Merry Christmas, Leanne. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. You're listening to Nick and Roy's Totally Useless Christmas Party. We thank you for joining us this Christmas. So Richard, of course, was as a former bartender, as we told you earlier, and uh, and his uh, what's what is the name of your latest podcast and what is it about, Richard? It's called Last Call with Richard Krause, and uh, it's available on Spotify and Apple, wherever you buy, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And I take you around to the world's greatest bars, and I tell you the history of the bar. I tell you, uh, the, you know, places like uh, Harry's New York Bar, where the Bloody Mary was invented, or we go to the Frolic Room on Hollywood Boulevard, uh, where Charles Bukowski used to hang out. The Black Dahlia was a regular there. Uh, and I, I take you to all these places, and then we talk to really interesting people that have some connection to it. So on the Tonga Room special, for instance, we talked to the world's leading expert in tiki cocktails, a guy called Jeff Beachbum Berry. And uh, it's fascinating stuff. And, you know, it's a little harder to go out and socialize these days. So now you can stay home and listen to my podcast to pretend so, that you're so at the what, what is the name of it? It's called Last Call with Richard Krause. Oh, okay, good. Now make us a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, can you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the eggnog? Well, the eggnog uh, is, you know, something that I think that we've probably all kind of grown up drinking, but I would always drank it uh, cold. You would buy it in a carton at the store, bring it home, throw it in the fridge, throw some rum or brandy in it. Uh, but the first ones were served hot and uh, they were uh, considered like, you know, the perfect thing to drink after a long day of being out in the snow or whatever. And uh, George Washington actually had a recipe here that 
I mean, I'd say I'd like to try it, but I don't know if I would survive this. So it is uh, one quart of cream, one quart of milk, a dozen tablespoons of sugar, one pint of brandy, half a pint of rye whiskey, half a pint of Jamaican oh. rum, a quarter of a pint of sherry. You mix all that together uh, and then you slowly bring it to a boil and serve it to your guests and watch as they fall over around the Christmas tree. Holy mackerel, you drink that and you fly across the Delaware. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy wow. mackerel, no wonder he made it through Valley Forge. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty interesting stuff. Wow, okay. Um, how about hot buttered rum? Yeah, now these you don't see that much. Did he say hot buttered buns? Hot but <laughs> no, hot buttered rum. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't I can't hear too well. Well, you, you don't see these very often anymore because uh, they're about 300 calories per drink. And a lot of people just think that that's too much because uh, it's, you know, pretty simple. It's brown sugar. It's a bunch of butter. Uh, you mix all that together. You add honey, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, a little bit of salt, and then a whole bunch of rum and some boiling water. And you mix that up. Uh, but this dates back. Uh, to just around the time of the American Revolution. And back in those days, uh, Americans believed that rum was nutritious and a strengthener of the body. Clean drinking water was a little harder to come by. So on average, Americans drank about half a pint of hard alcohol, usually rum because it was cheap and plentiful, per person per day. This yeah, is a lot of rum. Does that. Nick does that now. He, he still does that. I drink now and again. I'll have one now and then again and again and again. That's right. But you, they would keep tea under lock and key because tea was super expensive. But yeah. rum uh, was much more widely available. And, uh, and as I say, it was easy to get. And so there's a lot of rum drinks that, that came out. That's why eggnog has rum in it. That's why there's so many uh, uh, drinks with rum. But uh, hot buttered rums, they're delicious, but, you know, probably not particularly good for you, despite what the American you know, revolutionaries thought. Do you know why they didn't drink a lot of tea? Because they had locked it up and they were so drunk they couldn't find the key. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Or they forgot the combination and didn't realize the combination lock wasn't invented yet. Yeah, Nick forgot the combination. Yes. <laughs> He's already and slurring. The guy's at one, the bar for eight seconds. Come on now. One more. Mulled cider wassail punch. Yeah. So this is something that, you know, probably a lot of people uh, have heard about. It's apple cider. You put some orange juice in there, a bit of lemon juice, a bunch of cinnamon, some cloves, kind of like the hot butter rum sort of idea, but with fruit juices. Uh, and then... Uh, you, you bring it to a boil and you let it simmer for a while. And it's a kind of a, a great Christmas drink. And everyone thinks of it as that. There's Christmas carols written about it. But in the early days of uh, this, wassail or wassailing uh, was when uh, people who didn't have that much money would go around and they'd knock on doors all around their village or their town. And they'd ask for some food or for a gift of some sort. And they would usually say, you know, wassail, which meant good health, if they got something. If they didn't get something, though, they'd break your windows or egg your house or do something terrible to the place. So we associate it with Christmas now, but it's uh, it, it, it's got kind of a, uh, you know, a, it, sort of like Halloween when I was growing up. When I was growing up, 
in the 1970s, uh, Halloween was all about trick-or-treating and throwing toilet paper, uh, toilet paper and eggs at people's houses. So I was sale this uh, recently. I just knock on the doors and say, have you found the key to my tea box? <laughs> yeah. So, so they threw so many eggs at the house. Is that where they got eggnog from? No? Yeah, then maybe that's it. Maybe dripping, that's it. Dripping from the trees. So now, Richard. Yeah. Richard. My family owned a, um, a bar in the Bronx in New York. It was kind of a landmark. It was called the Aster. And I'm sure that some of our listeners know about it. And um, behind the bar... There was two signs, one on each corner of the bar, and they had letters Y C J C Y A D F T J B. And everyone would look at these signs and say, What the hell is that? Yeah. And the bartender would say, Give me a dollar and I'll tell you. They'd give the bartender a dollar and he'd say, It's an acronym for your curiosity just cost you a dollar for the jukebox. <laughs> The jukebox would be going all night long just from those signs, and those signs were up there from 1954 to 1994. If you can wow. Imagine. Wow. So who came up with that? My dad. Uh, my dad. My dad came up with that to try to get, because people didn't want to put money in the jukebox. Right. And, of course, we made 50% off the jukebox, so 50 cents of one of those things went to us. <laughs> and there was another custom that we had, and I wonder, maybe you can ask other bars, but if you were a bartender, or someone walking behind the bar and you had a hat on your head and you passed the cash register which was normally in the middle of the bar yeah, yeah. you would have to buy the entire bar a drink i have never heard of this and that was the thing and how many times nick like it and in the winter time nick worked at nick worked at the at, at our at our restaurant in our bar and um if a bartender came in with a hat on in the cold and he walked behind the bar and he passed uh, it, he'd forget. Too bad. Right? He, yeah, he'd too forget. bad. He had to buy everybody a drink. It was like, it was wild. Well, remember wow, one of our, I love that. One of our, I, our I bars, have, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead Richard. I have a tie pin that I just bought that's got a pretty great acronym on it. Uh, this has nothing to do with bars, but see if you recognize what this is. It's Y C D B S O Y A. Okay, and I covered your right eye. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, yeah, keep in mind, this was given as an incentive to salespeople and stuff in the 1950s and 60s. And I found one online. I've been looking for them for years. I found one online and I just got it. What does it stand for? You can't do business sitting on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, Nick has a shot glass. It's just clear. It has, says nothing, but he uses it every day. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. So what, what's the acronym stand for again? You're you can't do business sitting on your ass. Unless so you're a toilet seat salesman. Oh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Richard, we can't tell you how thrilled we are, first of all, for you to join us here at this Christmas party. Where This is our first annual Christmas party here on the iHeartRadio Network. And uh, we are so blessed to have you part of our, our family here. And, of course, Christmas is all about family and for you to come by and give us some pop life stuff and also to 10 bar okay i think he's back so wait okay. a second he's yeah. making drinks right yeah. we're getting drunk over yeah. here yeah inebriated so right. to speak yeah and 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 i'm gonna go over and try some of that hogshead and uh caterpillar fried caterpillar <laughs> yeah because leanne, leanne yeah leanne mm. brought treats food treats it was uh stuffed, yummy doesn't it stuffed goat's head yeah. stuffed goat's head um fried <laughs> caterpillars 
fried caterpillars. And what was the other one? Oh, a peacock. Peacock, a peacock. pie. She, yeah, she made uh, peacock pie, peacock which pie. is interesting. Yeah. Right. I, I've eaten fried uh, crickets. But yeah, she talked the, about that. Everybody was eating crickets for a while. Yeah, they were, and they weren't bad. I was in Bangkok, and I bought them on the street from a vendor on the street. And, you know, uh, back in the old days when they'd sell peanuts on the street, they'd just have a scoop, and they'd put them in a bag. It was just like that, only it was fried uh, crickets, and they were yeah. delicious. They're good, right? They taste yeah. like peanuts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Richard, thank you very much. And from all of us here at Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, to you and your family, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Now I got to skate part of the way home, take three flights, Wait, another ride on Scandalous There's a line of people here. There's a line of little munchkins here that make the gifts. We need to <laughs> the uh, elves, have some drinks. The elves. Yeah, can, you, can you please proof them? Because you never know. I will. Bye, Oscar Thanks, Richard. Thanks, you guys. Nick, you said to me before that you got up here, what, a week ago, and you actually had a Zoom call with Santa, and you recorded it? Sure did. Let's hear it. Yes, Roy. I have with me via Zoom, and we did record this a couple of days before tonight because he's already on his journey, so he's kind of busy. Santa. Hello, Santa. Welcome. Well, well, most welcome, and thank you for having me. I, I just love every minute of this. Well, thank you, Santa. I know that you're, as we speak, you are in a journey, as we said. And, you know, um, I've always been excited about having you come to my house because I've been a really good boy this year. I know Roy's been a good boy. Um, what, what does it look like so far this year on, on your list? Well, uh, with all due respect, young man, uh, Roy definitely is on the nice list. You're working your way. You, you're on the, on the cusp, I say. I say. You're, you're, you're almost there. All right. Well, what, what do I have to do to get on the nice list? I think what you have to do is just put a big smile on your face when you wake up in the morning and just say Merry Christmas to everyone. I could do that. 100%. Okay. I could do that. Cool. So um, thank you for joining us. I know, you know you've been busy leading up to Christmas. So um, how have the preparations gone leading up to your journey? Well, the preparations have been actually quite 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 good quite good uh i have so many else now by the way did you know that i have now else from all over the world really yes and it's actually very good information yeah i know instead of useless information i appreciate yes. that yeah i know so you have elves all over the world and what is the purpose of having elves all over the world oh that that's because we we put together a whole pile of depots for toys and gifts you know because the sleigh can only handle so much. And then after I drop off the first load, I immediately go to the depot that's in a hidden country. And we keep doing that right around the world. Oh, oh I, I get it. So what it does is it, it, it it's like an efficiency system, right? So this way all the presents can be delivered in the one night. Yes. I like that very much. Awesome. So in all the countries, <laughs> you visit every single country in the world, every single continent in one night. Um what could you tell me a couple of the interesting places that you visit year after year when it comes to Christmas time? What kind of different traditions and different uh, uh, ways that people celebrate Christmas around the world? Oh, well, you see, when I get to Europe, uh -huh. especially when I land over in Italy, yes. instead of cookies, I guess you could kill biscotti, a cookie, right. but also I get some gnocchi. gnocchi. They leave me some gnocchi. Oh, gnocchi. Oh, that's like the like um, like the potato pasta. 
Yes, oh, yes, nice. yes. Okay. Yeah, we've had that before. I mean, I'm Italian, and we've had homemade gnocchi. My my grandmother used to make those. Oh, they were really delicious. So you go to Italy, and that's what they make. What do they put on there? Tomato sauce, I guess. Well, no, but because I, I can't have the sauce. It's sort of just a little bit because I don't want to get all my, my gloves in my clothes off. Yeah, messy, and also you know? it's the acid reflux that becomes a problem. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, of course, yes. Where else have you visited that was quite interesting? Well, here's something interesting. When I stop off in Poland... They decided no more cookies to Santa, a slice of kielbasa. Well, thank you very much, Santa Claus. Thank you for joining us on Nick and Roy's Total Useless Christmas Party. Merry Christmas, Santa. Merry Christmas to you, too. Boy, Roy, I, I, I can't believe how well this party went. This is the first time we've done this um, Total Useless Christmas Party. I had a great time. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's going on, what, two and a half years now that we're doing the show? Yeah, two and a half years, uh, totally useless information with Nick and Roy, which you're here Friday nights at midnight, of course, on the iHeart uh, Radio Talk Network. And we are so grateful for the opportunity to uh, to be part of the radio family and also on the podcast. And thanking you all around the world. I think we, we're in more, I think we're in the same cities and uh, countries uh, that Santa has visited. Yeah, tonight. it's amazing. We really do want to thank all of our listeners, especially at a time like this. At Christmas, we want to thank you for making this all possible. We enjoy every single week of coming to you guys, and we hope that we make your lives a little more special, and we hope you listen, laugh, and learn at nickandroy.com. Cheap plug. But, you know, I mean, really, we do try to bring some happiness into people's lives by making you laugh a little bit and learning something. And just like Santa just said, you know, if you get up in the morning and you smile, uh, it is contagious, and other people will smile. And so Christmas, for me, is uh, warmth and smiling and, and having good fun with people. And uh, and I could not be more grateful than to spend this time and every Christmas with my best friend in the whole wide world, Bill. <laughs> no, Roy, I, I do. Roy. I got to say that, too. I do have to say that. We get to spend every week together. We work on, on the show. And it's great because it, it, it's fantastic that we do get to spend time together. We're best friends for such a long time. And I feel like we're, we're together every week because we're on Zoom talking to each other like this, even though we're 1,500 miles apart. We love every I'm minute. thankful. I'm thankful for everything that life gives me, especially at Christmas time. Uh, please, again, like I said in the beginning, call up a friend, call up a family member, and, uh, and talk to them for the holidays, and you'll be, you'll be happy you did. On behalf of all of us here at Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, Merry Christmas. And Roy, Merry Christmas to you too. And you too. And everybody out there, I'm Roy. I'm Nick. Merry Christmas. <laughs>